Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, and trust me, there's a lot of it. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we're experts on teens. Yes, that's actually a thing. We've worked as college admission officers, prep school administrators, and have coached and mentored thousands of teens in our lifetimes. When it comes to teens, we've seen it all. Teens can be wild and wonderful all at once, but they can also frustrate the hell out of you. The good news is that we speak teen. So join us every week as we drop knowledge and interview teens and other experts to help you gain valuable insight into your teenager's world. Because parenting is hard AF, but we've got your back. Hello, everybody. We are back again with another episode. And Meredith and I were just talking before this episode started recording, and we're like, hmm, we want to do this episode, but maybe it feels like we're picking on our core audience, (laughs) which is parents. We're not picking on you parents, but we do have a concern that we'd like to bring to your attention. And we see this happen a lot, and so therefore, we thought we'd bring it to your attention. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) It comes from love. It comes from love. You know, every parent that we work with, every family that we work with, we know that these are loving, supportive, caring parents, or else we wouldn't be a part of your life, right? Like, we understand the intention is always positive and good. But what we think is, well, I'll speak for myself in the Meredith Convention. What I think is that your friends are dumb and you should not listen to them. Girl. Happy <laughs> Beatrice Chen. By the way, Beatrice is not her middle name, but I... It's Kylan, if, in <laughs> case you're curious. I like to use um, <laughs> what I deem uh, old school names for my friend's middle name. Oh, yes. When I'm I gave Lisa, upset with them. Uh, yeah, I gave uh, Lisa's middle name is Bernice. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy. Girl, I can't. Well, you know what? I know I'm trying to couch my language, but you know what? I can't do it. You because, did it. I mean, were you trying? Because I tried at the beginning, but then I stopped. You sure did. Because you know what? It's just not like me not to just say what That's I want to say. Okay. That's so I'm true. just going to say it. Your friends are dumb. Stop listening to them. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should talk about the name. Like, what is the, what's the point of the podcast episode today? Well, that's it. The end. That's it. Period. We're done. Thanks everybody for listening to another episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Hang in there with us, everyone. Hang I'm in. Sorry. Hang in. I know. Um, the point is, <laughs> I get a lot of calls and emails from well-intentioned parents that we're working with who are like, hey, and you know what? I'm I'm also speaking from having worked in schools, right? And like yeah. Yeah. getting a, the phone call from the parent who's like, oh my God, I heard that I had to enroll my pro- my." student in the summer program because so-and-so told me the blah 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 and we're like who told you that right <laughs> and also because we're like we're like frustrated because we see that it's stressing you out and then all of a sudden you're like in this frenzy to like do this thing that somebody told you you had to do and we're just kind of like who told you that and why do you think that <laughs> and okay out. wait i'm gonna i'm gonna back up i'm gonna back up because really what we're trying to address in this episode is oh back up please yes yeah because I, I feel like Help we just me. like we went into the deep end without actually explaining what the heck we're trying to talk about. Okay. Um is a phenomena that happens in communities of parents 
where lots of information is exchanged between parents. And it could be things like which summer camp is still enrolling, right? Or what you need to do for, you know, like which basketball coach you need to work with in order to like be a D1 athlete or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making things up, but actually all of those, those are all things I've heard. Um, So basically like the game of telephone that goes on between parents about any number of topics, but I think, you know, you and I like to pick on the college process for sure. That can sometimes be filled with inaccurate information that drives parents to make decisions. They think they're making, they're thinking they're doing something really great for their kid, but they're actually not because gossip is prominent. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And that, also, when Kathy says, stop listening to your friends, that's what she means. Right. Thank you for being more diplomatic than... I am diplopatic. Diplopatic. <laughs> that's a good word. I like it. I like that. Is that a word? That should be a word. <laughs> diplomatic. Dip- you are more diplomatic than me, which I appreciate, and which, which is why we host a podcast together, because I just want to be like, listen, stop listening to your friends because they're dumb and they don't know what they're talking about because in my head I do sometimes think that (laughs) I'm not gonna lie there are moments in your head you uh you you said it I think well you know when I'm talking to parents I usually oh yeah yeah oh yeah for sure "Uh, where what I think you and I were just talking the other day we're like don't listen to them listen to me I actually know what I'm talking about what I don't remember what we're talking about but I think it was like something similar like a parent said blah 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 and you were like, don't listen to them. Listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Where this would come up for me a lot is when admission decisions would come out and parents would be parents. So admission decisions when I was in schools, admission decisions for the senior class would come out and parents of juniors who were sort of then just kind of then, you know, starting the process would be in my office with all kinds of thoughts, right? Of what they believed. I heard so-and-so like didn't get into this. And can you believe that they had this score? And I'm like, where are you getting this information? Or like, I read that Wake Forest, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what, what, what? And as, you know, as a college counselor in a school, when you actually have access to information, you actually have like access to students' profiles. You see what they get on their test scores. You, you understand what's on their transcript. It's really weird what can walk into your office masquerading as truth, right? And I think that's kind of what we're trying to talk about is, and even things like that aren't related to the college process. I'm trying to think of examples from when I was working in schools. Cause I feel like it, it came up for me more than then around like certain teachers at the school or certain classes. I get this a lot. Oh, well, I really heard that oh, you know, yes, yes, AP yes. Calc BC yep. is like, or AP physics is like, this the like crucible class like, yeah who, yeah from who who told you that <laughs> yeah 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 how do you know that a hundred percent the rumor bill the rumor mill especially in small community small school communities smaller small school communities is strong i mean even big school communities right like i think that oh yeah it's just ugh. And it's crazy making. I mean, ultimately, I think that's the thing that bothers me because I'm just like, uh, it's kind of crazy making and we all need to stop because as parents, like we need to own some of that, right? And to be like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to participate in the madness. Like, it's a little bit like nobody knows. Well, this ties back to our last episode or not last episode, but our um, episode on 
colleges are complicit, mm-hmm. right? Like because the admissions process is so opaque, parents are kind of like grasping at straws to figure out what is the template? Just tell me what we're supposed to be doing, right? And so they talk amongst themselves and then they find mm-hmm. a parent who had a kid get into the school or do the thing that they want their kid to do. And then they're like, well, how did your kid do it? Tell me. <laughs> Right. And it's like, oh, well, if your kid did that, then that's the thing that works. I'm like, well, no, not, 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 that's not actually how it works. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think knowledge is power, but you have to actually undergo some process by which you verify that knowledge as actual knowledge. Like what is the source material? You know, pretend mm-hmm. you're back in school and you're writing a book report. Like what are your sources people? Yeah. Is it just Our- sort of the chain of gossip that can permeate different kinds of communities. It's not just school communities. It's also like what kind of conversations happen on the sideline while you're watching your kids lacrosse game or at the little like, you know, cookie reception after church one Sunday, you know, what are these spaces? We exist in these social spaces where parents get together and in the name of sort of sharing information or sharing insight, they disclose little information tidbits that, other parents sort of take and run with. I think the most common one we've seen recently with the college process is this whole notion of like doing research, like independent research. I don't know where that started, but that's come up like three times where I've had parents that, yeah, I've had parents. I know. I'm like, who's the, who's, who's like gossip zero here? Like who started? Who's patients? Where's, where's typhoid Mary? (laughs) Who started that? Oh my God. Well, it's so funny because I've heard that so many times too. And then uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on another episode, but there's a, um, a guy who's, who reached out to me on LinkedIn and he's in Harvard graduate school. I think he's getting a PhD from HBS. I don't know. Anyways, the point is he's got a startup that's connecting kids to professors to do research programs, which I'm like, okay, the soon as the minute it becomes a startup, Y'all know that this is not special anymore. <laughs> like, just so you know. It's kind of like reading Yelp reviews, right? Like when I read Yelp reviews for a restaurant, like I'm not taking them literally. It often sort of represents either side of a bell curve where someone's like really, really happy or really, really unhappy. I just think, you know, we're talking about, there's there's sort of two problems, I think, with the the, the sort of, tacit belief in the veracity of information shared amongst your friend network or like your work network. One is that often that information is just like so far from removed from truth or the sort of original source that it's like, it's just not accurate. It's just not right. Right. And you're going to make, you're going to use inaccurate information to make decisions. The other part of it is often veers into gossip. Mm -hmm. You know, gossip mm-hmm. about a process, gossip about other kids or other families, mm-hmm. gossip about your own child. Kathy, why is gossip bad? Let me count the ways. First and foremost, I feel like, you know, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> First and fo- I'm like, there's I have many thoughts about gossip. First and foremost, I feel like. Is gossip mostly positive or negative in your experience? Well, it's mostly negative. And this, I'm trying to think about, like, my mom loves to gossip. Sorry, mom. I'm calling you out. My mom loves to gossip, so I'm thinking about my mom Hi, Lucy right Chan. Now. I hope you're well. <laughs> Hi, mom. She's in Taiwan right now. But um, hopefully not listening to this podcast. But 
My mom does like to gossip a lot, and I listen on the phone, like when she's talking to her friends or my aunts or whatever. Like they mm-hmm. just talk about people constantly. Cheese may. What's that? Cheese may. What's that? Gossip. In oh. Spanish. Oh, gossip. okay. Gossip. Who are, Girl, are you from LA and you don't know what that means? I took French in high school. Uh, Okay. Very misguided decision on my behalf, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd be in Paris eating baguettes. Yeah, right you want to just, <laughs> she's being a chismosa. Yeah. So, yeah, so she's doing, so I'm thinking about, and I, what I always tell my mom is, why do you, why do you like to talk about people so much, mom? Like, do you find that to be productive or positive? Like a pause, does it make you feel good afterwards? Like, I'm always trying to like, don't get me wrong. I'm not some angel who never gossips, right? Like there is some human, like, desire. Oh yeah. You and I talk mess to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be clear. We're not, above let's it. Not, we're not immune. We're not immune to it. But I think when you're not being thoughtful, like when you're not noticing, like, wow, this is really crossing a border into being overly negative, overly toxic, or I mean, can you be overly toxic? I mean, toxic is good enough, right? It's like, I told my mom, I was just kind of like, you know, why don't you guys talk about your own lives or things that you actually have factual knowledge about versus like speculating about like what's going on with so-and-so's kid. And did you hear that they're, that they just got remarried and his new wife is a blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, who, what, why, (laughs) but why? Because there's so many more meaningful things I think that we could spend our time talking about. But anyways, I'm digressing. Well, I mean, I think our whole shtick, right? And it's not a shtick. That's uh, that's minimizing what the work that we do. Our 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 purpose, our professional purpose is to help cultivate, help grow good humans and help cultivate holistic long-term wellness in young people and well-being. And promoting holistic well-being in young people means engaging and having their systems of support engage in behaviors that are frankly counterculture. We want to engage in behaviors that deflate pressure, that deflate mythology, that reduce anxiety, that promote wholehearted decision-making, values-based decision-making. And often gossip is counter to all of that, right? It's often rooted in negative it's rooted in inaccurate information that can make a situation worse. It's like, you know, there's just enough of it that's true. It's like 20% of accuracy in there. So it's just, it can just be murky, right? And I don't think it's a positive pro-social move mm-hmm. for from a wellness standpoint. From a like literal standpoint, it's also, in my experience, usually wrong. Like, the, the, the sort of quote unquote wisdom that parents share with each other about like, certainly the college process. I think that's where I just see it be. It, it's like, so not inaccurate, close to the, like even being in the neighborhood of accurate mm-hmm. that can really, really dangerous. And I also think like, I see this a lot with competitive sports and like coaches or teams or beliefs about why certain players are getting more play time than others. There's just conjecture. It's just sort of a lot of speculation without investigation. And so I would just say that 
a good habit to model, right? Because we're, you know, those kids are watching you. Trust mm-hmm. me, trust mm-hmm. and believe they hear you when you're in the other room thinking you're being quiet and subtle. Mm-mm, you're not. Um, <laughs> you know, I just think it's a good practice to model when we, when we're on the receiving end of information that seems like worth considering to mm-hmm. vet it, right? Like I used to write lesson plans for how to vet media sources, mm-hmm. right? Because there's so much like fake news out there and there's so much like propaganda. And I think sometimes that can be like the rhetoric that can circulate amongst parents can be very propaganda-ish. Yeah, and I was just thinking, I was like, I had time to think about like, what was my point about my mom? I think that oh. <laughs> <laughs> my point about my mom is that I think it is her way to relate and connect to people. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, you know, it, it's coming from good intentions, right? So yeah. I think parents are offering this information as a way to relate, connect, be helpful. And I, I guess what I'm asking folks to do is to question what, when they want to offer something, whether they actually are being helpful, right? Like, is this information you're about to share an opportunity to create authentic connection or is it an opportunity for you to seem like an expert (laughs) or that you have some sort of, um, you know, quote unquote, special knowledge, which I think for me, and I'll just call myself out. Like when I want to gossip, it's absolutely the latter. (laughs) When I want to gossip and tell somebody some news, you know, and spill the tea, you know, I'm like, Ooh, girl. Well, it's, I mean, it <laughs> can I feel heard. it can feel important. It can create a sense of importance when we feel like we're in the know, when we're in possession of knowledge that others aren't, and we're going to be the person that gets to like spill it, spread yeah. the news, right? Yep, totally. Like that can make us feel good, and I get that. And I just think it's important to just, I think yes, is this a values? If what is what I'm about to share, do I know that it's accurate? And if the answer is yes, I know that it's accurate because two of my friends who would never lie to me said it, then no, that's not accurate. Like you need a source because that's what I get a lot is like, well, I just, I know this, I know them. And, you know, I know that they spoke to the admission officer and this is what the admission officer, no, that's just a bunch of hearsay, Mm -hmm. like not accurate. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that can come up is that it, it can end up, um, there's a lot of comparison that sometimes shows up. So much comparison. Right? Well, and kids want to do that all the time already. Like they're constantly kids do like, it a lot. like, okay, so I know this other girl in my school who's like, we're very similar and we have like done all the same activities and we've taken all the similar classes and <laughs> she got into this school. So that means I can. I'm like, girl. <laughs> That is not how this works. No. Or like, no, it's not how it works. If you take two kids who are exactly the same, but this kid did this instead of this, who would you pick? (laughs) You know, we get that kind of like comparison piece all the time. And as Brene Brown says, self comparison is the thief of joy. I mean, it really, truly is. I mean, and it's also human nature. I was actually just talking to one of my students about it. Like, we do, as humans, it's, it's in our nature to do that. It, well, right? it's in our na- nature to like measure up. Absolutely. It's, it's like our barometer. We need to compare ourselves to other people, right? Like I'm sussing out like, okay, Kathy, <laughs> between you and me, who's going to be better able to fight the Mastodon? Ooh, probably you. Probably me, but you would fight. probably be smarter and run away. 
I'd probably be like, you fight Meredith, peace. (laughs) You got this, girl. I'm here for you. I'm going to go get provisions. Bye. Bye. I'll be back. I'm getting help. (laughs) Exactly. There I am by myself. (laughs) But, you know, like, we all do it, right? Like, we all do it in our own ways. And... It's just an important note. I mean, it's really hard for it's, I would just it's say. a it's a way to alleviate anxiety, right? We try right. to create certainty in uncertain situations or uncertain scenarios by you know connecting dots. And 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 I don't think that's a inherently a bad thing. It's just sort of sort of be a, a savvy consumer of the information that gets exchanged and that you receive and that you share. And you know, check the veracity and the reliability of that information against expertise, right? in the same way that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, my mom is a veterinarian. She and I have had these really hilarious conversations about sort of the advent of, um, you know, WebMD. They have that for pets. They have that for, you know, they have the Google. Medicine. The Google is here for every, every doctor. Yeah. So, you know, she's got all these people coming in and they're, <laughs> yeah, she's got, you know, clients who come in convinced of, you know, X, Y, Z because they read it online and she has to sort of explain why, what they believe is going on, isn't going on. And, you know, the amount of sort of myth busting she has to do is, you know, significant. Right. 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 And that's part of it. It's cool. But yeah. And I think this is like our colleagues who are in school counselors. I mean, they feel this all the time, right. They're like constantly trying to myth bust, like either from what a parent's hearing from an independent counselor that they're working with or are hearing from a relative or a friend or another parent in the community, you know, like, I think it's frustrating. I mean, just to, we'll have, we're hoping to get some of our friends who are in school counselors to kind of share their perspective on our podcast as well. But I think what they would say is like one of the most frustrating pieces uh, as being an in-school counselor is that there is not a lot of, it feels as though there is not a lot of trust when parents are constantly like second guessing our recommendations or our advice or our counsel. Like it's, you're just constantly like, well, then just go do what you want. (laughs) Because apparently none of the things I say are actually accurate. And I feel that frustration, even sitting where I am working as a, as an independent counselor, right? Like when parents come to me and they're like, well, I heard this. And I was like, well, who told you that? Because I have never heard such a thing in my life. I am not familiar with that. And, you know, then I feel like I'm being questioned and I'm like, but wait a minute, I thought I was the expert, you know, like, I think there is a little bit of frustration, you know, I think it's it's like what your mom feels or. Sure. It's, it's just tedious. You know, when you are the expert and you actually are charged with educating yourself on a regular basis and being on a particular topic and you are in possession of greater information, much like I wouldn't go to my doctor and pretend that my level of Google reading equates to their, you know, years of post bachelorette, bachelorette, (laughs) (laughs) post baccalaureate. I know words. Um, I like bachelorette better. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different kind of bachelorette party. Um, Yeah, you know, have some modicum of humility about the sort of, I think it's good if you're, if you're a parent, I think it's important to like actually share that information, like go to your college counselor and say like, Hey, I heard this and I'm just wondering what you think about it. 
Yeah, it yeah. sounded a little off to me, or it sounds a little whatever it is. But actually, be open to seeking out expert opinion. You know, while you were talking, I was trying to think of examples that have nothing to do with the college process, and I thought of some that um, were really challenging for me when I was the dean of students, and they're mm. rooted in sort of gossip. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this has a this. I'm sort of going to take a hard left here. But I think this is something that comes up a ton for parents of adolescents, particularly high schoolers, particularly when students start to engage in more experimental behavior or partying. I would hear a lot from parents. Parents would call me and this would drive me crazy. And they would say something to the effect of like, I just want you to know that there was a big party last weekend. I can't tell you who hosted it, um, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of drinking that was going on. Yep. And I, 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 I just want you to know that there's some, there's some sophomore girls mm-hmm. that are every week are like blacking out. Yes. Um, Wait, did th- we work was... at the same school? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, what? This exact same conversation. Right. Or I just want you to know that, and you didn't hear this from me and don't tell my child that I called you. Totally. And I have to say, parents, like if you are calling someone at the school, like they were calling me because they were concerned and they were giving me just enough information to be very concerning, but not actually information that I could act on. Act on. Mm-hmm. And that's not response. I'm going to say it. That's irresponsible. Like if you have gen, if you're concerned about the safety of your child or other children, to the degree that you want to call the school and sort of like float this to them so that the school then engages in some kind of like deeper Response. investigation, right. give the school the information they need to follow up. And, and I would sort of, it begs the question of like, what then is your role as a parent in those situations? Because it's not the school's job to police every weekend activity that happens in adolescence, right? So I would say that's something that would drive me bonkers because to me that's a real safety issue like now we're talking we're not just talking about gossip around the college process we're talking about like oh I heard so-and-so got blacked out drunk or that there were drugs at at this party last weekend and like you know it's a junior family that's all I can say Mm -hmm. it's like (laughs) I know you know or know someone who knows who hosted that party and I'm happy to pick up the phone and have a conversation with those parents but I can't I'm not going to sit there and go through my Rolodex of junior families and like be like did you have (laughs) it you was it you? you Yeah. These parents have always been kind of shady. I bet it was them. Ah, Let me call them. (laughs) So that's something that I think this is another way where that can show up or, you know, that, um, and this is where parents, I think, you know, I, this is another scenario I'm just channeling now, now that I'm thinking about it through the Dean of Students Prism, I got all kinds of examples. Someone will call me and say that they're worried about like another parent's child. Mm -hmm. We think they're drinking too much. They think mm-hmm. we think they might be cutting our, mm-hmm. our, we saw a text message on our kid's phone. Mm-hmm. And rather than that parent call the, uh, the parent of the child they're worried about directly, which PS you should be doing parents, they're calling me mm-hmm. and they don't want me to say that they called me. They mm-hmm. want to, everything has to be anonymous. And the reason offered is, well, I don't want to ruin the relationship with my child. I don't want to betray their trust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And while I have empathy for the ways in which that's probably going to make your ch- your kid mad at you, it's like, what are we modeling when we're doing that? Mm-hmm. What are we modeling? Like, first of all, you know, Kathy and I talk a lot about having like stated values and sort of like house rules. And like one of those is like, you know, maybe one of those is like, we stand by what we say. 
we, we engage in difficult conversations, right? And it would put the school and me as an administrator in a very tricky position that didn't actually help me get that child the help that they needed. Mm-hmm. It sort of privileges the wrong things. And I would try to work with those parents and many of them were receptive. They just needed a little, little support and encouragement where I'd have to kind of remind them like, you know, your parent, your kid could be pissed at you and guess what? They'll get over it mm-hmm. because you're doing the right thing. And that's an opportunity for conversation. This isn't a moment where you are your child's friend, right? Right, right. Like your safety is the most important thing to me. If it's a safety issue, friends, Mm -hmm. like we just got to be real about it. Right. So that's where I see the rumor mill gossip. That's like a different dimension of it that can be really damaging and scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I worked at a different school, but every scenario that you have shared. You feel me? Absolutely. I'm like, had that conversation, totally know what you're talking about. Yep. A hundred percent. Right. So, you know, I know it's really hard. I want to be empathetic and I, I understand how hard parenting is and the things that you are asked to do as a parent and the very difficult conversations and scenarios and things that show up when you're a parent, like nobody tells you, nobody gives you a handbook. Like when your kid tells you that one of their friends told them that they want to kill themselves, yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Or that they're, they've been sexually or that, assaulted or right. that they've or that been abused or whatever. Doing meth. Right. Like, how I do mean, you... legit shit. Right. Like, you know, as a parent, you hope you never have those conversations, but it's real and it's, it's, it's hard stuff. And we did really take a hard left from where we started. I know, but I, I guess I just wanted to, I, I know we pick on the college process a lot, but I just wanted to offer like a different way that I've seen this show up that can be really challenging for parents. And I think, again, it's like when you receive this information, a more lighthearted example is like when a parent comes to me, this would happen a lot. You know, I build a kid's schedule and they like, this kid can't, my kid can't have this math teacher because this math teacher hates girls. Oh yes. You know, that's a more lighthearted example. And it's like, what, what they do? <laughs> they hate 50% of the population. Really? Like, where did you hear that information? Why do you believe that? Is that coming from your kid? Is that coming from other families? Like, do you actually, have you ever spoken to that individual? So that's, that's like, I just wanted to offer some more diverse examples. No, I appreciate the diverse examples because it's real and it shows up in a lot of different ways when you're parenting, period, right? Like that's, that's just how it be. And it it's also when you work in schools and you, you know, we're so, um, so, so much of our community are educators and people who work in schools. Like we hear the same stories over and over again. So we see the same themes pop up time All after time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I would probably like not go full bore at the way you started the episode of like, don't listen to your friends. I would say listen to your friends, but be a healthy, you know, skeptic. And also like shut it down. You know, if you notice that like this group is um, just gossiping, you know, find graceful ways to either shut it down and be like an upstander, be like, hey, like, you know what? I'm just wondering if we could like shift the topic. Maybe let's talk about, you know, what everyone's doing this for fun this weekend or something, because part of what, you know, it takes a village, right. To raise mm-hmm. teenagers. And part of that partnership is sort of all of us working in concert, pulling on the same end of the rope to 
shift away from these sort of toxic behaviors to more proactive, healthy styles of communication. So I, you know, listen to what they say, because maybe something your friend said is true. Just don't automatically believe it because it's your friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That is the more diplomatic. 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 Just be diplomatic, everybody. (laughs) No, but it's it's true. And I, you know, I'm being facetious. Like, don't listen to your friends. Girl. No, you're not. I'm, I am, I am, I, well. Yes, you are. I am. And you're not. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was like, well, both. So, no, I get it because this. This also shows up in my life. It also shows up in Meredith's life in different ways, right? It's not about the college admissions process necessarily with our own kids, but it it's other right. things. People will come to us with stuff and we're like, ooh, did you hear that this mm-hmm. thing about COVID or whatever the thing Jeez is? May. Well, and it's it's it feels empowering to be the person with knowledge that you have that other people don't have. Right. You want to go and then you go share. Remember? Oh, you remember? Oh yeah, there's the uh I remember during COVID, you shared this code with me to get your, you're like, people of color can go get their shots early, like skip the line. Do you remember this? And you gave me this code. Mm-hmm. And then, but it was, like, wasn't meant for, it was like, yeah, but it was meant our for intersectionality like, wasn't. Yes, I do remember that. Do you remember that? And like, that was a perfect example of something that we were all like sharing. We we're like, oh my God, I got the right. inside track. And then right. we had to go back and be like, oh, actually, that's not for But me. then we had like <gasps> long ethical debates about What's the degree the right of like, yeah, we historic did. oppression we've overcome and whether or not exactly. that qual- qualifies yeah. us. For- totally. And we were like, we're, we're like, no, be- we're not the target audience. Yeah, we kind of check, we, but we're not the target audience. Totally. So. And we canceled our appointments, but you know, right. that was like one of those situations where, you know, it's like rumor mill, pass the information on because we're like, oh my God, this is great. We're going to help our friends. And then we're like, oh, actually we checked our facts and we don't actually think this is for us. And let's share that with. Right. Even though technically we didn't, it was for us, but it wasn't for us. You know what I mean? Right. 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 But we checked our facts, right? Like, and then we did the thing that was, we made the decision that was based on our values. But anyways, that was a a nice little example from our own lives. So we're done. This is, this is, we're not going to, well, at least I'm not going to call anybody dumb anymore on the rest of this episode. I, apologize if anybody was offended by my earlier statement um but Kathy calls me dumb all the time I was like if you know me yikes thank you Meredith but if you know me just for context not super uncommon just for a little context friends Um, Uh, follow our podcast please we've been saying this a lot recently Meredith and I are trying to increase our production value therefore we need sponsors and in order we get sponsors we need followers so please follow us send our podcast to your friends and have them follow us and um, join us on our journey as we become the what are we trying to become Meredith (laughs) what are we trying to become trying to become the queens of podcasting The queens of podcasting. We, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we are really good experts on adolescent development. We're going to deliver that content in an unvarnished, unfiltered, unfiltered, hopefully occasionally humorous way. Yeah. Yeah. And we like to get our message out to more families and more people. And uh, it would be great if you would help us in that goal. That'd be amazing. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. 
If you like what you're hearing and you have friends with teenagers, please share it with one of them. You can check out this episode and others on our website, wespeakteen.com. And we want to know what you want to know. So if you have questions or hot topics that you want us to cover, email us at hello at wespeakteen.com.